0: Welcome to the Focus & Chill podcast, where we discuss productivity tactics that work for neurodiverse individuals.
1: Every episode, we interview guests with lived experience of neurodiversity, who also have a solid productivity and habit game, and pass the learnings on to you, our wise and benevolent audience.
0: We're your hosts, Jeremy and Joey.
1: I'm Joey, and I coach creatives to get moving on their most ambitious projects through the power of solid habits and strong focus. I'm also a perpetual student of psychology and perpetually on a quest to a one-armed
0: I'm Jeremy, I'm a neurodiverse software developer turned startup founder building habit and focus software for people with ADHD. My cool party trick is leaving parties early so I get to sleep on time to do my 3 hour long morning routine. The Focus & Chill Podcast is brought to you by Focus Bear, a habit and productivity app that makes healthy habits and deep work the path of least resistance. If you have a tendency to check emails or scroll through Instagram first thing in the morning, but long to develop a meditation and exercise habit first thing, Focus Bear can help you. The app blocks distractions on all your devices and guides you through your habits one at a time. Throughout the day, Focus Bear assists you to stay in deep work by blocking websites and apps that are unrelated to your chosen focus mode. Life's not all about work though, you'll be prompted to take regular breaks to rest your eyes and stretch your muscles. At the end of the day, Focus Bear helps you switch off. Work-related apps get hidden so you can unwind and sleep well. Check out the app by going to FocusBear.io. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Focus and Chill podcast. We've got a special episode today. We've decided that we're so interesting that we don't need to interview anyone else. We're going to interview each other about information management, fitness, and also Something we've learned recently, which may have really irritated us, you'll find out a bit more when we get to that section. <laughs> but we'll start out with <laughs> such a good <laughs> yeah. trailer. We'll start out with things that don't irritate us, which is tools like Zettelkasten, Anki, and other ways of doing spaced repetition. Joy, do you want to give us a bit of an overview of what spaced repetition is and why it's important for you?
1: Yeah, sure. So. Space repetition is the process of trying to commit something to memory. Well, it's one of the methods that you can use. If you imagine giving yourself, like after reading a book, you just like give yourself a quiz on like some of the points of the book. So for example, I just finished reading Friends by Dunbar, which is a very, very dense book. uh, Very um, entertaining as well, uh, but without turning this to a a book review. It's uh, so like one of the things that I learned about it was, for example, the reason why a lot of a lot of the time romantic relationships get prioritized over platonic friendships even though platonic friendships tend to be indicators of of like so many good outcomes later in life and like a lot of romantic relationships tend to be fairly ephemeral that was always a mystery to me like um basically the answer to that one of the hypotheses for that is that the idea of friendship someone that is someone that we maintain a relationship with that is neither a related to us by blood or, um, connected to us via child rearing is a very recent phenomenon and our lizard brains, are still trying to catch up with that. And so that's why I I know, I know about you, Jess, uh, if if you've experienced this, but when you've, you have a friend and they suddenly go underground when they, when they, when they meet a romantic partner, I, I always am on the lookout (laughs) to not be that not be that guy, uh, and I, I check in with my friends to make sure that I'm not that guy or, or, or that or that girl or that woman or that human, should I say? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it's that. That's one thing that I learned. And so, if I wanted to commit that to memory, I'd I'd create what's called a, a flashcard and put them into this app called Anki. And, and so, Anki will basically um, flash this flash this this test up for me. So it might say like, why is it that why is it that platonic relationships tend to get deprioritized over romantic relationships? And the answer to that is because that because of friendship is a relatively new phenomena. And so Anki will will um, flash that up to me every so often, and that um, that every so often is determined by how difficult I'm finding that concept to learn. So if I'm finding it very difficult to learn, it will flash it to me more more frequently and if I'm finding it very easy, it will flash to me, it'll t- it'll take a longer time because it, it doesn't wanna waste my time flashing something to me that it, that I likely have already learned quite well. Yeah, does, does that make mm. sense?
0: Yeah, and just to give more color there, mm. you tell Anki how hard it is for you to understand it. So after it shows the answer, you tell it very easy or very difficult and based on that, that's how it decides the time to show it to you next. So if the Dunbar concept is really quite intuitive and you remember it instantly, it won't ask you again for a couple of months, but then maybe you've forgotten it by then and you, you then choose really hard and then it might ask you a few times over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and That cool. tends to, to work quite well. I, I use Anki too and it it's helpful in terms of making sure that I'm not spending a lot of time with, looking at things that I already know because that can be quite frustrating as well if it keeps asking me the same thing Mm. but when it's asking me things which are I think there's some kind of rule of thumb that you should fail is it something like 30% of the time that the majority of the cards you should be able to get easily but then 30% of the cards they should be a real challenge and that's actually where it starts to strengthen your hippocampus oh. and make it easier for you to be able to retain concepts in general.
1: I like that. I like that. I've also heard the 85 eighty five fifteen rule as well on the on the Huberman lab, which is basically the idea that you should be aiming to to fail in your practice about like fifteen percent of the time. So like like like
0: you're saying That's probably the correct percentage. Of, <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> so if you got I was got... making up thirty percent. Oh right, right.
1: <laughs> So if you've got, if you got like a, a hundred, if you've got a hundred cards in your deck, you should be like being able to ace 85 of them and about 15 of them you should be getting pulled up on, like, and basically saying, Oh, no, that's not quite correct. That's, yeah. Um, and I think the, the reasoning behind that is because when you're, when you make an error, you actually are more alert than when you don't make an error. And so, mm. yeah, that, that's, um, I probably, I probably don't follow that enough, really, in, in my, in my Anki deck. I just, I just take, I just take in things and I, I I stick them in there and maybe, maybe I could actually benefit from that, from implementing that rule a bit more. How about you, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I think it is a bit deck specific for me right? because I've got some decks where there's a lot of cards in there and it's actually, it probably naturally falls into that 85, 15 rule. But then I've got a few decks that I haven't actually added cards to for several months and all of the cards are pretty easy because yeah. I don't have many cards in there. The Even right. though I know them so well, it probably shows them to me every couple of days. And I think I need to do something about that. I should probably actually merge some of the decks so that I have a bit more interleaving and that there's a, a bigger gap. I'll make that one of my actions after our call. The other thing I was gonna ask you actually, so yeah, with the eighty-five fifteen rule. I I do have a card about that, and I've just recorded incorrectly. What I'd like to do is to go in and then flag that card as something that I don't know well. But I don't think there's a, yeah. an option that I'm aware of, at least in my. I've got two Anki apps. I've got the <laughs> the official blue Anki and the orange Anki. I don't think I can do it in the orange Anki. Do you reckon you can do that in the blue Anki?
1: My my workflow for that is so the the blue Anki, uh, is that, is that Anki Dronik? The, or the, the original yeah. one. The original one,
0: Yeah.
1: So my workflow for that is if, if I find that a card needs, needs work, I'll write, I'll write myself a little note in one of the fields, usually the extra field. And basically say like, for example, I, I tried to recall this and it came out incorrectly make this stickier or something. And then I'll suspend, I'll suspend the card and then. Every week, I I have what I call like an information consolidation session where, like I, I, I look back on notes that I re- took during during a given week or something. But I also re- review any cards that are suspended and like look at look at um, how to reinstate them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you do that with leech cards as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do that with leech
0: cards as well. So a leech card, I've encountered it occasionally. Is where you have. A card and you get it to the point where you should have memorized it and you keep on doing really easy really easy and then maybe a month later you try it again and you've forgotten it and it indicates that there's a probably a problem with the way that the card is written Mm -hmm. that it's not sticky enough because I talk about there's this great essay about Anki where it, it talks about how to design your cards and one of the things that I remember from that is that it says that Anki isn't Necessarily, you can't brute force your way through memorization necessarily. That if there's a, a really complicated card, for example, I've got one which is name the values of Scrum. Mm. And it's quite complicated because that's essentially a paragraph long of text. Mm. And this guy's argument is that you're going to really struggle if you're, I mean, the prompt is fine to remember the four values, but if I'm trying to remember literally probably 120 words. That's quite hard to really stick in there without some kind of additional memorization technique. And he suggests using mnemonics and potentially imagery, other basically other anchors that could help the the concept to stick better in your memory. Yeah. For that yeah. one, I'm using crew or C R I W to help me remember it. So I remember customer collaboration responding to change uh, individuals in interactions and working software over documentation and that that's pretty easy to remember mm. due to the the mnemonic but if I didn't have that for a while I was just trying to brute force my way through it and I was just it was ending up as a leech card
1: yeah yeah I, I think this comes down to a lot like you said to the to the card design as well right because it sounds mm-hmm. like it sounds like what the the card type that you have there is like a a basic like uh what's called a basic card so imagine if you've got like on one side of a card it written what are the values of agile and on the other side of the card you've got um like all the like the answer this this big 120 this big 120 word answer that seems like it'd be quite difficult that seems like a really advanced level of difficulty whereas if i was if i was struggling with something like that. I'd probably use the, um, have you heard of the closed card type, Jess? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So much of this is like a blue, like a special (laughs) blue Anki droid thing that's left out of the
0: orange one. Uh, By the way, blue is better than orange. Use the original blue Anki, (laughs) not the Anki app one. (laughs) That'll teach you to be a hipster. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, So, um, yeah, so a closed card type is imagine like a, instead of like a question on one side, answer on the other side type of, type of quiz, imagine it more as a fill in the blank type of quiz. So it might be blank means that we prioritize working software over, over documentation or something, which is, um, probably giving it away too much. Cause that's like, that, that very value is just like, um, isn't it like documentation over working software? Am I getting it right? Is this it, is is it is it like a uh... yeah,
0: work they, they oh, value okay. working software more than documentation but yeah I get what you mean there and that makes and so that's a lot more close sense with a, a Z, <laughs> is, is that close close with a Z. Z. that's right yeah, Z, said... Z. yeah that yeah. is
1: yeah yeah c-l-o-z-e yeah that's right yeah sorry
0: yeah that's a good idea I might look at implementing that for some of the cards which I'm finding more difficult and it might help too because I was going to ask you about I really admire people who are able to recite poetry or long quotes from various texts, but I mm. haven't really figured out a, a way to do that. And maybe that's one technique it, Would that. Do you have any thoughts around both the, the value of that and also any techniques for doing it? Huh, good question. I've, I've heard that the,
1: the, the only real way to, to enjoy poetry is to have memorised it. And to be able to recite it, I, I, don't, I haven't t- really taken that on board. I, I guess I just find poetry difficult to get into. I've been trying to get into some Rumi for the last couple of years, like the same book. Uh, uh, and it's, yeah, I find, it, I find it a little bit hard going, but people tell me that, and it's an audiobook as well. So a lot of people tell me that poetry is best enjoyed, written, read to yourself, and then recited back to yourself. So, but I've also heard other things of like um, poetry is best read back to you by the poet, by the person that's actually writ- written it, because it's certain there's certain pauses in the delivery that that is part of the poetry, part of the art form. So, yeah, I think I think in terms of the utility of it, I'm not sure what the utility of it would be for me aside from like if I want to learn to play a song and I like to learn how to play a song uh then it's it's good to be able to have things that make the lyrics sticky, but I don't necessarily yeah, I don't necessarily have good techniques of that aside from isolating the parts that that are hard for me and then like maybe trying to make a new m- a mnemonic out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: yeah, going from there.
0: Where I think the utility of learning quotes, maybe poetry is a bad example, because really the only time that I'm going to want to memorize poetry, I guess it could be valuable in what you were saying in order to just digest a, a bit more, but it. it's probably mainly to recite it to other people. And mm. I can't really see myself doing that very often, yeah. but I can see some value in being able to pull out a quote say if I'm giving a talk and or if I'm having a conversation and I just want to appear really witty, if I could yeah. pull out some Ernest Hemingway quote, I think that would impress people. That's probably the only, the, the only real value in learning it. Yeah. And it, it seems a bit difficult to use Anki if it's a, a longer quote, but maybe if it's just one sentence, maybe it could work. And the prompt could be something like, what is a quote from Ernest Hemingway about I don't really know any quotes from him, but he's probably got something about struggles and trials and tribulations that could be valuable:
1: Well I think, I think um, if you if you're really dead set on the idea of wanting to memorize um, long quotes, I think that's where the the closed the close card type will will help you because let's say you've got like this this long this long quote uh, you could possibly break it down into maybe three sections or five sections or something. And you could basically say, okay, uh, hide the first section of this quote from me. So you've got like, you've got um, four fifths of the quote revealed, but one fifth is is hidden. And that might just give you enough of a prompt to basically say, okay, um, let me let me try and work this out. And then so you, you can understand like the, these, these five chunks and then maybe the next point you can just maybe um, redesign the card so it's like thirds so like uh and then maybe after that you can re- redesign the card so it's like a, a back and front like a, a, a anky basic card so like on one one side of the card the prompt is like the first half of the, the quote and the other half is like the answer and i'm not sure have you used the reverse card type
0: which is basically like yeah mm. cool. yeah i use that a lot for learning chinese vocab it mm, mm, yeah, sounds really cool. like a, a good approach. I'm gonna find a quote that I would like to learn, and I'm gonna try out your approach, and I'll report back. Awesome. You can maybe at a random point in our next episode just ask me to recite a quote.
1: Yeah, awesome, awesome. I guess the other thing is, I guess, I guess I would generally advise it against against like just memorizing huge blocks of text. Uh, I, I guess I'd usually want to learn the utility behind it. So, like, let's say, let's say there's a Hemingway quote that told me that was trying to, um, the reason why I want to memorize is because it tells me that I need to be concise, like being, being concise, which I'm not right now, but I mean, being concise is a, is a real skill. So maybe that's, that's the utility behind the quote. So I might actually just have the quote there. And then um, the, the thing that I'll actually close might actually be, this is here to remind me to be blank, concise. And then there might be other parts I might, I might actually, instead of trying to memorize the entire quote, I might just blank important parts of the quote. So maybe like, there's, there's all different ways you can, you can do it. And yeah, I love, I love this stuff. This, this stuff is just like, I don't think enough people do it. But, uh, and I think that a lot of people are just throwing away all the hours that they spend reading because the human brain wasn't meant to, to hold all this data. So it's um you need to either train your brain to do it to do it or you need to offload
0: it to something else if you're really serious about this
1: information management yeah
0: yeah and it reminds me in that essay that I mentioned earlier about anki the author was talking as well about the idea of directed attention that it might not necessarily be something that you're trying to memorize but it might be that in the case of it might be say a, a stoic quote that might be another type of type of quote that I'd like to learn and yeah. it might not even be that I memorize it it might just be that at regular intervals I want to be reminded of the value of being able to be comfortable even in adverse situations and reading a quote from Marcus aurelius on regular on a regular basis could help with that a bit like reading Ryan Holiday's book the daily stoic and having a quote to look at each day I could see that being part of my Anki deck.
1: Yeah, definitely, and it's it's good that you mentioned Marcus Aurelius because I have one of his quotes in my Anki deck, and that's the one that um, uh, remind yourself. And see, see, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't memorized the entire quote. Just just a part that. I feel like a the important part, but it's the one that's like remind yourself today that uh, the, the people that you meet uh, might be like um, mean to you and uh, like not nice in markets are really not. <laughs> uh, but just remember that they are both like, they can be, people can be both good and evil and you have the good and evil in yourself and just remind yourself that we all contain multitudes. And so uh, so you can see, I very inarticulately was able to give you the gist of that quote without telling you what it was word for word. So, because like it's it's all effort, right? Like all the effort that you spend memorizing something word for word,
0: are you getting that much more utility out of it for just like getting, getting the gist out of it? Yeah, I can see that being valuable for me. I have as part of my focus spare morning routine before I start my activity around checking emails in the morning, I have a 30-second activity to mentally prepare for annoying mm-hmm. customers. And maybe I should add a prompt in there where it can show me a random quote aligned with that mental preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good one. Let's move on to slip boxes or Zetel custom Now, it's yeah. really something that I have actively done according to the the proper way. I've got my Evernote deck of thousands of notes in there, but I don't think I'm really doing it the correct way. Whereas I think you are. So, do you want to uh, educate us about how it's? I think you know how it should be done, even if you're not doing it yourself. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. Like I'm. I'm. I'm definitely not doing it the the right way. Uh, so. The, the way it's meant to be done is that you're meant, to, you're meant to basically have these atoms of knowledge. So for example, in uh, that, um, the, the Dunbar, that Dunbar thing that we we're talking about, we have, have like a, um, what would be an atom of knowledge there? It would be the, the idea that our brains haven't evolved to keep up with the, the pace of social interactions as we have them now because before we'd live in tribes where we are related to the people around us only by blood or by common common children. And so that might be an atom, an atom of knowledge that you have. And then you might have another atom of knowledge that might be something like uh, tsh, 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 friendships. friendships are great predictors of good health outcomes in later life. That might be another atom. And so you have all these atoms that exist in this box. And the, the beauty of the slip box is one, it allows you to have a place where all of your ideas live. All these things that you find interesting, they all live in this one place. The other great thing is that it's a, it's a way that you can draw connections between these, between these different atoms. And it's great from the perspective of it offloads a lot of stuff that you, I think a lot of people, try to rely on their hippocampus for and that's not really what the hippocampus was built for it was built for remembering things long term but the the sheer wealth of information that you have if you don't if you don't constantly rehearse that that knowledge then you're going to lose it that's just the way the brain works and so the as a slip box is essentially what i use as uh, cold storage, for my information. So things that I don't need to be able to recall straight away, like for example, it just asks me, "Hey, like I want to know about friendship. Tell me everything you know about friendship, Joey." I can go into my, I can go into my slipbox and I can just type a simple search like "friend" or "friendship," and it will just come up with all these, all these different entries or atoms, and. The reason why I don't call them atoms is because I don't actually follow that. I don't actually follow that thing, that idea of making them atomic. It might work for me. I guess it's just I just have these topics like I might I actually have a topic that is just like on friendship. I have a topic that is like on history <laughs> And then as they as they get bigger and more, like as a certain branch on it gets bigger and more substantial, it might split off into a separate ad, like entry that gets connected. And so that's the way that's the way I manage it. So um, yeah, what do you think, Jess?
0: The the part that seems useful and relevant for having a, a suit box or just a some way of a, a knowledge repository is yeah. that at the start of the episode, or maybe it was when we were trying to record the first time and it screwed up. That I was talking about the value of of Anki is that if I want to if I'm say coding and I need to immediately. I've forgotten the syntax to be able to do a particularly advanced way of, say, fetching data from a third-party API. And if I have to go look that up, I could get very distracted by the internet. And I was saying that one solution to that is to have all of that in my Anki and to have memorized it. But another solution is just to have a trusted knowledge repository where I'm not going to get distracted, that I've put all of the important information there. And it's okay if I don't recall it instantly, but I know where it is. And I know probably the search term that I would use to find it. And so if I go and look something up for you, it might be maybe you're writing a blog post about friendship. Yeah. And you you don't need to actually have citations from or the page number in Dunbar's book right right there and then in in your mind. But if you were to go back and, and look in your. Yeah, your repository, you'd be able to find it. Is that how you'd use it? Would you have yeah. quotes and you'd link back to the original source?
1: Ah, uh, funnily enough, I don't. I don't think I actually take. I I don't think I have note quotes that that much. I don't. I don't think I take quotes that much. Like most most of my stuff is in. I my my note my main note taking vehicle is mind maps. So like on on my and I'll usually be taking them on my phone. And then I'll I'll export them onto onto from from Android onto Windows, and then like I've got a, a Windows program that um that that does mind maps as well. And most of my most of my entries are actually mind maps too. And so I can, it's it's got some the program is called Freeplane, great uh, uh free software. And um yeah, it, it allows you to also link from different files. So like let's say I've got. As a particular node on a certain mind map file, I can actually link to that from a, from a different file as well. And so you just click on that link and it'll open it'll open up that it'll open up that file and that node, which is it's beautiful. It's beautiful the way it works. Yeah. So um the advantage, I, I find the, the the biggest advantage is like you said, you don't have to go into the internet and get distracted. However, I am finding my 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 slipbox slash digital garden slash Zadell custom is getting so big at the moment that it I might look at something that I really like nerding out on, like friendship. And it might come up with like 13 entries or something, or maybe 30 entries. And I might be able to find the thing that I want to find fairly easily. However, I might be compelled to go down and like look at the reference, like um what I call references, which are things that link to that entry. And mm. so it might be like, oh, like I can see the opioid epidemic is connected to friendship. What's that about? And I might follow that link. And then mm. there might be another link that I follow. But like it's it's a it's a pro and a con, right? Because the drawing these drawing these really cool connections is one of the one of the great like um what well, what do you call it? That's it is one of the key ideas behind creativity and, and being able to produce insights that possibly only, only you can. And so that's, I think that's one of the, the great benefits of it. And like, I guess when you're on the internet, you're following, generally following other people's connections
0: rather than your own. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably inherently more likely to turn into a rabbit hole if it's other people's information. Yeah. Cause yeah. if you're looking at your own notes. You probably have some recollection of what's there, even if That's some it. of it feels fresh. That's it. A little bit less rabbit holey. I always find if I go on a, a Wikipedia uh, mission, I sometimes I seem to end up on military hardware. <laughs> I'll start maybe I'll start looking at some historical event, and then I'll click on a, a tank, and then it ends up me looking at modern tanks half an hour later. Yeah, whereas yeah. less likely for that to happen in my own Evernote yeah yeah it's it's a bit more sandbox so
1: it's yeah it's and also like you're not likely to get spammed with ads and stuff as well and also all the stuff is in your own words so it's probably the the friction is probably like you said the friction is probably a lot less as well to to jog your memory
0: Mm. yeah yeah, well, I just saw there's a new Evernote feature to add links between notes. So maybe they're actually making it easier to do, as I told custom the way that it was meant to be done. I haven't ever tried mind mapping. Or I've, I've tried it a few times, but I haven't made it into a regular practice. Hmm. Maybe that's my homework to give it another go. When you do it on your phone, are you actually drawing it out by hand or are you, is it, there's an app and you're typing on your phone? yeah yeah it's a it's an app it's an app called simple mind and
1: hmm. so they, they've got a it's a freemium a freemium uh type deal i've got so i can't remember what the what the premium features actually are. i just bought i just got a premium i've been using premium for a while not a sponsor of the show uh but <laughs> but yeah like um I've, I've been using it for ages it's so good it's so reliable uh, i guess the only the only downside to it is it's a, it's a bit clunky sometimes exporting exporting the mind map. Hmm. Uh, which I find I just find on Android generally exporting things to file is is a, a bit of a hassle. So I don't think it's just I don't think it's just simple mind. But yeah, I I
0: highly recommend highly recommend checking it out if you haven't already. Hmm. Wonder if there's something about people who are more visual thinkers might enjoy mind maps more. Because you you generally <laughs> like drawing and and painting and things like that. Whereas yeah, yeah. I don't really. Maybe that's why I, I didn't find it fun when I tried it in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. But I should
0: probably experiment a little bit more with it. I think. I think the thing
1: more more than anything, like I don't. I don't inject images and stuff like that into it. It's. It's all. It's all pretty much just like a. It's. It's all pretty much just like a document that is that has branches. The thing that I find most useful about it is that it's just easier to go back. It's just easier to go back and fill things in if you need to Rather, If something, if I had a linear document, I'd find it difficult, more difficult to find where to go back. Uh, I I guess if you had a document that was just like very nicely well formatted with like headings that were of different sizes and things, it might be easier to do that. But yeah, I guess it's just, um, uh, how did that fall into, yeah.
0: Well one other way of information management is to go and absorb content from live webinars. And Joey had an experience with that recently. Do you want to tell us about what happened? Yeah, sure thing, sure thing. So
1: there's there's this some um, podcast that I listen to. I'm not going to I'm not going to name name or shame them. Uh, but there's this podcast that I listen to and I really enjoyed their their whole thing. They have like so much free, valuable content and it's it's so good. And so this this um podcaster had this podcast masterclass and it was like come come and come and learn with me for an hour and and all this stuff. And I'll go, oh interesting. So when I went to the, when I went to register, I saw that she had actually um she had a lot of, she had like a lot of time slots. So it was like- Every hour? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was like every hour. I'm like, wow. Yeah. What a hard worker. Amazing work ethic. <laughs> so I, I was a big fan of hers and was, so you can probably see where this is going. So I, I was a big fan of hers. And so I was like, oh, this is, this is really, like there's a design for people that haven't started a podcast before, but I was thinking it'd just be really great to, to be able to interact with her and to say, I love the show. <laughs> It's it like um, you've given me a lot of value and, and stuff, and so I registered and got onto the um, yeah, registered got got a couple of emails that were like oh I can't I can't wait for us to like work together like in fifteen minutes like it's an interactive it's an, it's an interactive so make sure you bring a pen and paper and stuff so. I went in and 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 so like oh yes I get to I get to finally meet this person so this is pretty cool, and so the one thing I thought first thing that I thought was weird, um, apart from all those like uh, all that availability was that there was like a countdown. So it wasn't like when you when you go into a webinar sometimes you just like you just like log into the webinar and it will just be. Like, they'll just be like the host going, oh, we're just waiting for some people or just like, mm. yeah, hey, everyone, Like, but no, this is like a countdown. And so, mm. so oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. But I didn't, I didn't think anything of that. But then when the, when the webinar started, I noticed in the chat that I could, I could talk only to the admin, but everyone else was having a jolly conversation going, hey, hey, like, like let's, let's see you here on this stuff. So I go, huh, that's strange. So like how how are all these people having a conversation and yet I can only talk to the admin. And so as it went on the the um the, the host of the the this podcast masterclass which is also the host of this podcast that I like listening to said I'm the host of X which was the the old name of her podcast.
0: Oh uh,
1: and so I was like hang on Uh (laughs) Uh,
0: This isn't live at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what's, what's, I'd never, I'd never heard of the idea of a simulated live webinar, but this is what, this is what it was. Uh, And so as, as the thing went on, I, I, I just, I stuck, I stuck with it because I wanted to see like at the end, cause she said, she's going to, she said she was going to answer questions. And so I was like, oh, okay. So make sure I submitted my question extra early. And uh, it, was, it was something along the lines of um, why, um, what, what's your view on on having a set amount of episodes in a podcast versus just like being open-ended and just like saying, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make episodes until I'm bored. Whereas Tim Ferriss says, like have a set amount of episodes, like have like eight episodes and then have a point where you recess." And so, I um, so I asked that question. I asked like so. Well, when you stand on this, surprise, surprise, she didn't get to it. Oh, <laughs> but she was able to answer a whole bunch of other questions that, that came in came in uh, much much after much later than me. Like my question did, didn't even get mentioned, and so it's terrible, yeah, terrible, 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 terrible. And so uh, I think
0: this is an affront to democracy.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, so why why am I telling everyone this? It's not to name and shame anyone. I'm not going to tell you the the name of the name of this company or this podcast because I actually th- I actually think she still puts out very good content, um, even though uh, even though I feel like this is a bit dishonest, like basically telling people that, yeah, i I've been trying to be charitable here, Jess. <laughs> I mean it was free. It was free as well. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like that's that's the other thing, folks. Like value your time as well. It's like even though something is free, like in terms of money, make sure, make sure you value your time as well. Because I just felt like, uh, well, for, for anyone that isn't clear what's happened here, basically the this um this podcast host has basically said, let's do a podcast masterclass uh where it's gonna be interactive, but she's actually recorded a webinar. So it's not actually interactive at all. She's, just, she's basically like playing the same webinar over and over and over again. Uh, and so um, I just think that's very dishonest to to basically promote something as something as interactive and something where you get access to someone uh, and then to basically have it like as a webinar, like a recorded webinar. And so that's really left a bad taste in my mouth in terms of wanting to work with this person. Like I'm just basically like thinking, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. Whereas before I was on the fence about it. and because um, there's something else I was wanting to rant about about this, but um, uh, in my in my anger, I've, I've just like, I've just lost it. So. Oh, joy, <laughs> you sounding
0: really hangry here. I think you need to have some lunch. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea, Jess. Thanks, Dr. Jess. <laughs> Maybe we can wrap it up just by saying that potentially if they'd been transparent up front, because I've gone through a similar experience oh, and I also found it very misleading and it, it made me quite irritated as well. But I think I, I would have been okay with it if it had been marketed as, here's an opportunity to watch a webinar that was recorded in the past and see other questions oh, yeah. that people might have asked. And there'll be, my team will be there and you can ask them questions. I won't be there personally, but my team will do their best to be able to answer them. Because they did have someone there. It just wasn't the actual host, right?
1: Uh, oh, no, no. Uh, For my experience, it, no, no one was there. Like it was just, I, unless, unless all these... All this like stuff in the in the chat was actually people typing in there, but that all just seemed to be pre-recorded. Like it was, um,
0: yeah. Because with mine, there was the pre-recorded chat, but there was also real people stooges, yeah, (laughs) from the company answering question. Yeah. Oh right. And my questions were basically. Is this fake? Is this, this doesn't seem like it's actually live? Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't have any questions about the content. I just had <laughs> questions about what is actually happening here. And then, yeah, I, yeah. and then I was like, I'd like to make a complaint. This is really misleading. Yeah, and they, did, yeah. they did answer it. But it, it, it's a missed opportunity there that they they have people there so that they can actually, I guess, they're salespeople, which is fine, but they could yeah. have answered questions. And if it was if it was framed in that way, I think it would have been all right. So much. So much. Yeah. It just it just felt a bit like
1: um it felt like it, they were insulting my intelligence. It's like, mm. do you think I wouldn't have found out? <laughs> like there's so many obvious but they, so many like famous, I'm oh, sorry, so many obvious examples of mm. this this isn't happening. And I remember the thing I wanted to tell you is the experience I felt was that. I, you you know how people say like, don't, don't meet your idols because you'll just be disappointed. Uh, and so I would say I I idolize this person, but I, I think of this person as like a, a role model, but it just, it just felt a a Mm. little bit like, uh, meeting, meeting your, meeting, meeting, uh, a role model or someone, someone that you look up to and then noticing that they are like crooks. That's Mm. a a bit of a strong word, but like, um, noticing, noticing that they're, they're a fraud, and mm. not that they're a fraud, but they've actually committed fraud against you. Mm. <laughs> That's the way it's
0: outrageous. It. Travesty. Yeah. 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 I, I think you need to go and read a Marcus Aurelius quote to calm down. Ah, uh, So
1: much, so much. So I need to remind myself that the people that I meet today are going to be <laughs> selfish. And invite me to a simulated live webinar (laughs) under the pretext that it's a live webinar.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, folks, watch out for those simulated live webinars. Use Anki, use your Setile Custom, and you will have all the information that you need at your fingertips. Have a great week until our next episode. Wise words, Jeff. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Focus and Chill podcast. To listen to other episodes, jump onto podcast.focusbear.io. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a good fit, email us at team at Otherwise, stay focused, stay chilled and peace out.